Good morning, Mike Roomhead. Good morning, Jamie. How was your weekend? It was a long weekend, and it was really good. 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 I'm yeah. glad to hear it. Mine was as well. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, 9.05, we speak with Danny Seiden. We're going to kind of expand on this topic we start with, which is the um, the topic of our economy. We'll start with Phoenix. But uh, Danny Seiden is the head of the president CEO of the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry. We talk to him fairly often about expansion and the economy and how well we're doing. We're going to talk to him this morning about a big expansion in the East Valley this time, a battery plant, one of the biggest ones, I believe the biggest investment in a battery plant in North America is happening right here in Arizona. Going to ask him why a lot of this is happening here. The com- It's not just one thing. There's combinations of things, but we'll talk with him about that at 9.05. I'm starting off with a couple of topics about the city of Phoenix, my Phoenix, uh, my city. Phoenix City Council narrowly passes the prevailing wage rule for city construction workers. So I um, we, I went a kind of at length about this. I'm not a big fan of this prevailing wage provision. I think that it's much easier. You can be a hero with other people's money. That's where the problem lies. Um, I use the illustration of the credit card. I have had company-issued credit cards, and I've issued cards to the people that work for me. When you're the one that's paying the bill every month, you pay close attention. Um, it's easy to go out on a company credit card and tip 30% to a good waiter or a good waitress because it's not your money. You know, it's easy to do that. Um, it's not so easy when it's your credit card. You calculate that 15 or 20% out. Now, I'm somebody that's a good tipper, but it's my money. I'm not going to do that with somebody else's credit card. So the city of Phoenix has decided that prevailing wage is the way to go with city projects, which means city projects will be more expensive. Because they will mandate a higher wage for the workers on those job sites. Now, they think that's a good idea, good for them, that's fine, except they're spending your tax dollars. If you live in Phoenix, a project that could be built, same quality, same construction workers. No one's talking about um, um, getting rid of higher quality. These are high-quality construction jobs. They are just paying people more money. So not only does it cost you more money as a taxpayer, but it also – what it does is it pulls the um, qualified people away from the private sector. It's taking people from the small companies that are not able to give big benefit packages and they're trying to hang on to employees who are being drawn to these these jobs. And I guess that's how the market uh, – believe me, I'm a capitalist. I understand how competition works. But the city can do this arbitrarily because it's not their money. If you're building a building, if there's something you – if you start up a company and you're going to build a new building or remodel an existing building you've purchased, uh, you're going to go in there and you want quality construction. You're going to do your homework on who bids the job, but you're going to hire a company that's the most reasonably priced. You may not take the lowest price, but you're going to take – you're going to get a competitive bid and you're going to take lower prices. And that's just the way it works. You can balance cost with quality, and everybody does that. The city is saying we are going to pay more money because we think it's the right thing to do. But they're writing those checks with your tax dollars. The other thing the city of Phoenix is doing is they are proposing the city manager in the new city budget, which isn't done yet. It's a proposal. The city manager is proposing $114 million in pay raises for city employees. Now, I want to mirror this with what the state legislature has done in the past few years. There's a great tweet out there. I'm going to look it up. I, I talked to, and this is a little bit of a left turn, but not much. Um, 
I've talked often about the politics of education. Well, it plays in on the money thing here. Uh, in the Arizona State Legislature, they have had a surplus of money. Even though they lowered taxes, we have seen a surplus of dollars into the state coffers. So what they did was they lowered taxes, giving money back to some of the taxpayers. That's part of what they did. They beefed up the rainy day fund. One of the things that they are offering is pay raises for teachers. Matt Grass has got a, a proposal that's been shot down that would give a 10000 pay raise to teachers. Now, what's interesting is you would think the teacher organizations, uh, the unions, as they call themselves, would be thrilled about a $10,000 pay raise. Not true. One of the members of leadership, um, known affectionately within their ranks as Union Becky, uh, put out a tweet saying, don't believe this. Republicans don't want to pay teachers more money. This is an organization that claims to be apolitical and only in it for the teachers. Not a, not, they're not political at all. This is all about teachers, not about politics. And I'm going to get the tweet. I'm going to find a way to get it up there for you. But, um, the city of Phoenix proposing raises for employees saying it's hard for them to retain employees right now. And I will tell you, um, I'm torn on this because I agree with them. It's difficult. But when you have a surplus in your budget, you're not cutting taxes. You're not making it easier for the taxpayer in Phoenix. They're going to raise water rates. We know the tax rates are not going down. And they are seeing a surplus in the city's budget because of inflation and because of some other things. They're not giving that money back to any of the taxpayers in the form of a break. They're figuring out ways to spend it. I just don't agree with this way of doing business. I'm not demonizing anybody on the city council. This isn't about demonization. What it is about is about proper money management and what's best for the city as a whole. The city of Phoenix already has a great benefit package for its employees. They have paid sick days. They have paid holidays. They have a a 401k or retirement plan, I should say. They have all of this available to their city employees, and now they're talking about a pay raise. So um, is this the prudent way to spend your tax dollars? Because median home prices are set to go up. That's a good thing, I think, for us here in Arizona. We were warned of being one four places, one of four places in the country that was going to see a crash. Thank God that that didn't happen. We did see a, a, a blip. We saw the prices go down year over year for the first time in a decade. But the median home prices are set to go up. Um, we are seeing increases in many different areas. We are talking in our cities about how people keep their heads above water financially. It's more and more expensive to live. People have to pay for water. Water rates are going up. So at what point do we as citizens look at the government and say, this seems to be a uh, a dichotomy here? The, the government, and not just not our government, but in general, we're hearing messages from entities, government entities, going after the private sector for profiteering, they call it. You're getting obscene profits during this time of inflation, and you could be a good corporate citizen and lower your prices, and then that would be good for the American people, and you should do that. And they're going after them. They've even had members of the United States Senate who have said that they were going to try to go after food growers in the oil industry. Well, here you have another government entity in the city of Phoenix that is saying we have a surplus of dollars into the city coffers. We're going to spend it. Pay raises for our employees to keep good employees and 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 we're going to pay prevailing wage on city construction projects. That just doesn't seem to me to be what other private industry is able to do. Wouldn't it be nice 
If you as a contractor, I've, I've used this argument last week, as a subcontractor, and I, that's what I was for a while, as a subcontractor, you're bidding jobs to a general contractor. And so your bid comes in 8%, 10% higher than the other people that are bidding the project in your industry. And they, the contractor calls you and said, man, you're, you're out of, way out of the ballpark on this. What's, what's going on? And you say, well, here's the deal. You know, I think that my, my employees are working very, very hard. So I decided I'm going to pay them prevailing wage, which means I'm paying them a higher hourly wage the entire time we're on this project. And the contractor is going to say to you, that's great, but my client is not going to eat that cost. If you want to do that, if you want to bite into your profit by doing that, God bless you. That's terrific. But I'm not paying it, and I'm not charging it to my customer, the person that's paying to have this building built. The city of Phoenix is saying, if you want to do work with the city of Phoenix, you will pay this. Now, the interesting thing about it is they tell you at the beginning, this is the wage structure these are the materials you have to use. And so bid accordingly. And so that's what these contractors do. They factor in higher wages. They factor in more expensive material costs because they know the city's going to pay it. So the city writes a much bigger check than is necessary. Now, that doesn't seem to me to be prudent and a good way to manage somebody's money. If you are someone that says, I want to have a building built, and there are, constru- there are construction companies out there that do design build, they do all these different things, construction management, and you go to an architect and you have plans drawn for a building. Then you go out and you find suitable general contractors and you say to those general contractors, this is the building I am building. And I would like you to give me a price on what it's going to cost for me to build this structure. You hire a general contractor to do a couple of different things. One of them is ensure quality. Another one is to ensure efficiency, meaning that it's done in a timely fashion. But you also have them manage costs. So that you aren't, you may not know what the going rate is or what is a reasonable price for what they call MP&E, mechanical, plumbing, and electrical in a building, but the general contractor does. And when change orders come in, what's a reasonable price for a change order? And that's what you hire construction management for. Well, you and I, we hire people by electing them to the city council, and their job is to be good stewards of our dollars, And I just think things like this make it sound great for the labor force. Man, good for you. You're going to pay prevailing wage, except you're writing checks with other people's money. And that's where I think it bumps into trouble. Phoenix Police Department arrested a suspect in the officer's shooting over the weekend. We'll talk about that arrest. We'll talk about what we know about the suspect and the shooting itself. It's all coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. All right. Police make an arrest and ID the suspect connected in shooting of an officer. This is a story we've heard way, way, way too often in the city of Phoenix. It's happening in other Valley cities as well. But in Phoenix, there have been way too many officers injured in the line of duty. And recently, uh, you go all the way back 
to uh, Officer Maldivan, who uh, miraculously has recovered and made a, a recovery where most experts never thought he could possibly be because of his inner strength, the strength of his family. They would tell you the power of prayers, but it is a miraculous recovery. Um, but we have seen from that episode on far too many officers injured in the line of duty at the hands of people with guns. And every single one of them, and I don't know anything about this suspect yet. He has a very common name. And so it, it was hard for me to try to find his criminal record. But as soon as I get it, I'm going to make sure that you have it. Um, and uh, um, I would venture to say everyone so far has been a prohibited possessor. These are people that were convicted felons, usually violent backgrounds that were not supposed to own firearms. So I'm not going to go down the firearms road very much, but I am going to say this on that topic. If we shifted our focus to where the problems really were, we'd put a bigger dent in this. You can continue to pass laws. You can continue to police firearms dealers that are already doing things the right way. You can try to make it more difficult for people like me to get accessories for firearms that you think are dangerous or my hands on firearms that you think are dangerous. Uh, But in the end, if we shifted our focus to the people that weren't supposed to have firearms and made them even more strict and made the rules if you get caught with a firearm and the penalty is very severe, we would do a much better job of policing this issue. And now I'm going to move on to the topic of what I always ask about, what kind of city do you want to live in? And I think this is a great question because one of the other things, Phoenix Community Budget, there's an alternative budget that's being um, uh, proposed. Phoenix Community Budget calls for more neighborhood resources, less police funding. Still out there. I'm not saying it's the majority of the city, not saying it has a chance of seeing the light of day. But even in light of what we've seen in attacks on police officers, this alternative Phoenix budget uh, proposes to reallocate about half of the current police department funding toward the needs of low income neighborhoods of color in the city. The four hundred and sixty five million dollar budget dubbed the Pueblos budget was released in late January by the Phoenix based nonprofit Poder in Action. And aims to prioritize access to housing, neighborhood infrastructure, education, child care, mental health resources for the community members living in the most underserved areas across Phoenix. So the defund the police movement is alive and well. Let's look at that topic. Cracker Barrel. The restaurant Cracker Barrel becomes the latest company to leave Portland among the rising crime and retail theft. Anybody remember what Portland did in defunding the police? Um. The police are a necessary resource in our communities. They are the difference between good and evil, period. Um, The Phoenix, the city of Phoenix, the state of Arizona, let me start wider. The state of Arizona has done a very good job to getting to its place of growth. Coming up at 9.05, we're going to talk with Danny Seiden from the Arizona Chamber of Commerce. The Arizona economy is rolling. And a lot of it does have to do with the diversification of its industry by the previous governor and the legislatures that he worked with. But go back further, because what the state of Arizona has done, and I think they've done well, is they have widened their freeways. They have expanded the number of freeways ahead of growth. We have seen growth very quickly follow the expansion of these freeways, and that's a great thing for the state of Arizona. We've seen cities. Um, a matter of fact, two of the East Valley cities are, are spending hundreds of millions of dollars in making sure they have water in the East Valley as they grow. We have seen managed growth in places like Mesa. 
Because we understand if you're enticing industry with higher paying jobs, that means that there are higher end restaurants and higher end homes that are being built and everybody's property value goes up and it's just it's better for your area. The city of Phoenix has done um, a disservice, I think, in a way by ignoring public safety. And I want to lump into this the fire department and I want to talk more and more about Phoenix fire as we move forward as well. This Shooting of this officer is part of what you're seeing with the criminal element among us, feeling emboldened and empowered. There was a time not too long ago where anybody who would shoot a police officer was seen as the most dangerous type of person on our planet. Because if you were that willing to shoot at or take out a law enforcement officer or what was considered the authorities, you had no regard for anybody's life. You were seen as the most dangerous. Now it's become so commonplace, it's not that big of a deal. This was an ambush of a police officer in the middle of the day in a crowded neighborhood. If we as a society don't change our attitudes towards this, more and more of these things happen. We need more police officers. We need more firefighters. We need a dramatic expansion in the number of firehouses that go up in our city. Response times are taking far too long, and the fire departments will tell you that. The police departments, the response times are taking too long. Their criminal investigation divisions, their proactive policing is, is, is not non-existent, but it's much smaller than it needs to be in a city this size. And we're paying a price for it now. But just like it took years to turn the ship of our economy in Arizona and it was it had to be intentional growth in order to now feel the fruits of that years later and which is what we're feeling now, the same thing has to happen in law enforcement. I'm going to say public safety as a whole. We are not going to see response times for fire and PD go down dramatically quickly. But what we are going to see is the benefits of that years down the road if we pay attention and we train our officers and our firefighters. We pay them what they are owed, what they are worth. We also equip them with the best state-of-the-art equipment we can, and we have them in places in the city where they do the most good. We, we have to choose what kind of a city we want to live in, and then what we have to do is elect people that reflect that. The days of popularity contests must be over. It has to be about results. No hard feelings. We think you're a very nice person, but you're not getting results. Coming up in a moment, Zinsmeister is going to join me. He's in for Gatos and the Big Q poll question of the day, so hang out for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right, Steve Zinsmeister in for Gatos. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Mike, are you a big spoon or a little spoon kind of guy? Uh, it depends. If I'm eating soup, I'm a big spoon guy. If I'm eating ice cream, I'm a little spoon guy, so I don't get a brain freeze. Oh, okay. We're going eating spoon. Okay, good. Um, I only. Or are you talking about potatoes. sleeping? Well, well, well that little well. alone, Steve. You're asking a question of someone that's so outdated on that stuff. But as far as that goes, <laughs> I'm definitely the big spoon guy. Uh, let's get to the Gatos Big Q poll question. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota. Is it about Gators. spooning? Big story. Big sport. Big story today about spooning. Okay, uh, let's hear it. Police. Phoenix police are searching for a 15-foot-tall Dairy Queen spoon that was reportedly <laughs> stolen. Did you steal the spoon? And your answer choices are yes, no, or what the heck am I going to do with a 15-foot spoon? <laughs> this has to be like a senior prank or something, right? 
Yeah, and what I don't really understand is they say it's 15 feet tall, right? But yeah. is it really 15 feet long? Because I think tall for a spoon, you have to measure when it's flat on the table. Oh. So if it's 15 feet tall, then how I have no idea how the thing even yeah. moved. Yeah, that's crazy. I know people... And in, 20, go ahead. in 2023, isn't every inch of Phoenix like under video surveillance? How did somebody escape yeah. with a 15-foot long spoon? Yeah, there was a story when I was younger. Some people stole the... Um, Ronald McDonald sitting on a bench outside of McDonald's in my hometown, and then they held it for ransom. It was very funny. It was a very funny story. Mike, I don't want to be accusatory here, but you're the only person I know with a vehicle large enough to carry a 15-foot spoon. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if we had to just put it up on our building? I don't know what you would do with it. I know. I don't know what anybody could do with it. That's hilarious. Did they say where in Phoenix it was stolen? Uh, I'm sure they did. It's in the article, probably, but uh, I'm not exactly sure where it was. But well, let's hope somebody don't even know where the spoon is. Let's hope somebody that's listening confesses up on on at the question. Listen, Mike, if you took the spoon, just put it back. Nobody's going to be mad at you, okay? Wash it and put it I back. Promise. Wash it and put it away. <laughs> All right, Steve. Thanks, man. All right, dude. All right, that's Zinsmeister in for Gatos. And the BQ poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com. You can weigh in and also see how other people voted. Very funny question this morning. Coming up just after 9 o'clock, always great to talk with Danny Seiden. He is with the Arizona Chamber of Commerce and Industry. And just to get a catch-up on where we're headed economically in Arizona and their focus and kind of what we're seeing now, the fruits of all these things that have been done, what direction are we going? And I want to talk to him about that. We'll do that coming up at 9.05, so stick around for it.